You're listening to The Breakfast Show with Danuta and Lawson. It is 8.04am and we hope everyone's well and truly awake by now this morning. Maybe having breakfast. I hope you're having a nice, healthy kind of breakfast. Maybe some berries or something on that. Mm. But either way, if you have already had breakfast and you're going out for the day, enjoy your ride. Enjoy a fabulous day ahead. We hope you can still stay listening to The Breakfast Show until 9 o'clock this morning. Take it away, please, Lawson, with our next quiz question for today. Okay, simply this. How many days had Jesus fasted in the wilderness when Satan tempted him to and to turn stones into bread? Mm. How many days had he been fasting for? Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Of course, our prizes for this week: two amazing, awesome autobiographies, or well, not autobiographies, I should say, biographies. Is one's an autobiography and the other one's an autobiography, but. We have these books that we want to give to you absolutely for free, and they're amazing stories of people and their faith, you know, living out their faith, living up to the call that God had given them despite very difficult circumstances. Either, you know, from in preaching from the graves case, you've got the Rwanda genocide or the men that the, the Anzacs revered, World War One. So again, that question was, how many days had Jesus fasted in the wilderness when Satan tempted Jesus? him to turn stones into bread. Again, that number zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. And how good was the segment in our interview with Dr. Justin Jackson? Hey, who would have thought that your breathing would actually have impact on your teeth? Yeah, on your teeth, on your face shape. Yes. As well. Like this is it's huge, right? And and it's something that, again, I kind of mentioned I've spent a lot of time thinking about and considering. We've got an interesting question here coming from Christopher where he writes in, I'm a nose breather, just wondering about the effect when mouth breathing while scuba diving for around two hours at a time. And, you know, you could consider it's like, oh, well, does it have an effect if it's that short a time? And I think that... Well, the the reality is is that your mouth has the function to breathe because at times it's actually beneficial to breathe through your mouth. This is this is something that we found when we were running is the way that we would breathe when we were running is often breathing in through our nose because it's like this is the best passageway to have air coming through. And then if we want air to quickly escape so that we can get another inhale, we would breathe out through our mouth. So you'd do a breath in through your nose and out through your mouth and whatnot. And, and while we were, were do running... Do you have to do a lot of practicing to make sure it was always like that? Yeah, I mean, it's it's sometimes a subcon- self, subconscious thing, sometimes a conscious thing. I think that's the thing. Whenever you start talking about breathing, you go from kind of automatic to manual mode and you just start thinking <laughs> yeah. about it and then, it and then eventually your brain forgets and it just automatically Becomes kicks Becomes an in. automatic thing. That's right. But when you are running, it's like when we think about technique and those kinds of things, it, it starts off as something that you think about doing and then becomes habitual. At the same time, when you're in a relaxed kind of state, it's just fine to breathe in through your nose. Or yeah, like the point that I'm making is to breathe in through your mouth for small periods of time, actually, like, it's not going to kill you. Mm. It's not going to, you know, it's not like, oh, as soon as you take every one breath in your mouth, you're shortening your <laughs> life by this amount of time. It's that, oh, hey, to have a habit of mouth breathing because of the, sorry, to have the habit of nose breathing because of the fa- the shape that it gives to your face, you know, as we were saying, that it protects your teeth and it keeps your your tongue against the roof of your mouth. It's just like a good 
habit to to be in and, and it's like yeah and the saliva in of course you know when we actually have our mouth open too much our mouth does dry out yeah and the saliva is there for a purpose to lubricate and so it kind of all makes sense that you know that lubrication within the mouth and then on the teeth is impacted mm. like if it keeps just drying out so yeah yeah and i think that like for example if we were to say like oh no breathing through our mouth or opening our mouth to do anything breath related i mean just like stop speaking or stop singing or you know what <laughs> like like because there's there's so much applications that have to do with breath that come from our mouth and it's just like oh yeah you know you, you just say hey i have the habit of nose breathing whenever i'm just not talking or whatever it may be and then outside of that it's yeah sometimes we need to use our mouth to breathe but, absolutely yeah. and i think of the bible verse that you know dr justin referred to and which is in genesis chapter 2 verse 7 and the lord god formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into mm. his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living being and it's interesting isn't it because the thing is when we uh you know when you've got to resuscitate somebody it, it, you know, it's about the breathe, you know, holding the nostrils, but breathing into the mouth, isn't yeah. it? It's the mouth to mouth resuscitation. But here, right here, as, as, as Dr. Justin said, God breathed into the, the nostrils yeah. of man. He breathed into the nostrils. Into the nostrils. Right. Yeah. Really, really interesting. So that yeah. whole cons, that, that whole verse is going to have a whole nother, whole lot of new meaning for That's me right. now as well, apart from all the other great stuff from that particular verse that comes out from that. Because again, like we say, imagine, you know, Adam, you know, coming to life and seeing the first face he sees is the face of God, you know, mm. Jesus. So, um, yes, yeah, just a fantastic thing. But, That's yeah, right. so breathing for us is so, so important in every way. Think- can you do CPR through people's nostrils? Like, is that like a thing? I think that's maybe that's kind of gross to talk about. But, but what I'm just saying is that, do you know what I mean? Like in this case, you know, that's what we typically yeah. think of to to give life to somebody when they yeah. when we've got to do mouth. It's the mouth to mouth. Yeah. It's not the mouth to nostril. That's right. So that's right. fascinating stuff. But hey, what we what we now know? Well, I'm just thinking that it's it's like easy to to. Because you know how you want like a, a one direct airway, it's easier to close the nose than it is to close, you know, the mouth and not have air coming out of there. But hey, we we now know when the Bible says he breathes into the nostrils, it's because that's the optimal place for breath to go into. So fantastic stuff. Absolutely. There. And the other yeah. thing, like it was pointed out this morning, is that when we tend to breathe through the nose, we tend to typically do a lot more diaphragmatic breathing. So we get mm. deeper breaths. Which are ultimately, as as Doctor as, as Dr. Jennifer Skews would tell us, it's it's a lot more relaxing for yeah. us. Yeah, so it's got right. all these other benefits on top of it for us, which is really absolutely fascinating stuff in every way. So, mm. hey, this week we've actually started a new series with our Bible study, which is really exciting. Looking mission to at mission to the powerful. The whole series that we're looking at for about thirteen weeks or so is God's mission, my mission. So last week we looked at mission to the needy. And the week before it was mission to my neighbor. The week before that, we actually looked at motivation preparation for mission. And so what we're actually learning here, aren't we, is that mission all round is really important. Mm. And that, like you said yesterday, no one should be, um, uh, you know, separated out 
and and not be missioned to, if there's yeah. such a word as missioned, uh, <laughs> I've just made that one up, but but being reached out to <clears throat> and about, you know, sharing the love of Jesus because of their race, their culture, their position, yeah. their, their, their status in any kind of way, everyone but, is important. Yeah, Jesus. that's right. There's no class that's excluded from being Absolutely. ministered to. I mean, when we look at the context of the great controversy and we see that, oh, okay, you know, the evil angels have decided to you know solidify themselves and their decision in rebellion from God and therefore there there isn't that I guess repentance or that that forgiveness extended to them in the real sense because it's like oh they're done they're gone they're in but the the battleground you could call it of humanity is much different it's like we are in this position where we you know we're influenced every single which way and God is wanting to touch us and to lead us to Christ no matter what position we're in and particularly this week we've been looking at mission to the powerful yesterday looking at Nebuchadnezzar this week uh, sorry today I should say probably picking up in the with the story of Naaman but the reality is, is yeah and we're going to be seeing all these powerful people powerful people who were who were gentiles even mm. and who were yeah really very much in in a way seeking god and god opened the door to them and i love that both of these are in an old testament context mm. especially because what, what what the picture of israel that we see in the time of christ of a of this like isolationist Israel that was anti-Gentile was very much a product of that era. Mm. But before then, biblically, and after then, biblically, we see God constantly reaching out to Gentiles. And the very message that he had at the time in which Israel was the most isolationist, which was during the era of Jesus, the message that he had for Israel is to stop being isolationist. Like, you know, for, for Jesus, he is a wanting Israel to, to expand, not in a political or national sense, but in a gospel sense. And when Israel ultimately rejects the call, they go forth anyway and reach the Gentile world. And we see here, it's these, these rich, powerful Gentile men, Nebuchadnezzar yesterday and Naaman today. They have needs that are ultimately met by God, and through that, they're able to connect with God and have a relationship with Him. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. Connect with us on 0491-064-669. So let's go now to the passage about uh, Naaman. Naaman in ch- is, is mentioned in Second Kings chapter 5. And we're going to read verses 1 to 19, and we'll unpack that today as we go along. Mm. Uh, have you got that one there, Lawson, for yeah, us? Yeah, mate. Um, I'm right here with you. Second Kings chapter 5, verses 1. The Bible says here, Now Naaman, the commander of the army of the king of Syria, was a great and honorable man in the eyes of his master, because by him the Lord had given victory to Syria. He was also a mighty man of valor. So we see here, we get introduced to Naaman, and he is a, well, he's the commander of the army of the king of Syria. He's like the minister of defense, essentially. And he's great and honorable, and he is like, you know, seen by the king as such. And it's actually, it seems here that God enables a victory here when it says and by him the lord had given victory mm, to syria right. it was he was actually being used by god he had some kind of connection with god and and he was being used by god to enable victory for syria and the syrian army 
Mm. And we're not told in any detail about this other than the fact that he actually, um, that, that because by him the Lord had actually given victory. We don't know how or what, like you mm. say, but he had actually given, given that. And so he's obviously a significant, prominent person, mm. apart from the fact that he actually was the commander to, um, of the army to the king of Syria as well. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He had great favor. You know, he yeah. wasn't, he wasn't just a, I mean, the commander of the army is always a pretty legit guy, but furthermore, he's not only a commander in the army, but he's a su- successful commander of the Syrian army. He yes. on here, says, and the Syrians had gone out on raids and had brought back captive, uh, a young girl from the land of Israel and she waited on Naaman's wife. Then she said to her mistress, if only my master were with the prophet who is in Samaria, for he would heal him of his leprosy. And Naaman went and went in and told his master, saying, Thus and thus the girl who is thus and thus said, sorry, the girl who is from the land of Israel. Then the king of Syria said, Go now, and I will send a letter to the king of Israel. So he departed and took with him ten talents of silver, six thousand shekels of gold, ten changes of clothes. Then he brought the letter to the king of Israel, which said, Now be advised, when this letter comes to you, that I have sent Naaman, my servant, to you, that you may heal him of his leprosy. And it happened when the king of Israel read the letter that he tore his clothes and said, Am I God to kill and make alive that this man sends a man to me to heal him of his leprosy. Therefore, please consider and see how he seeks a quarrel with me. This is such a funny situation (laughs) because so basically the, the Syrian king who has successfully like won battles against the Israelite king Mm. and, you know, taken land from him Mm -hmm. now sends the commander of his army. This is back to him. (laughs) You know, it's an effort of peace. And I'm using peace here with air quotes. You can't see me doing this. He's like, Hey, Hey, we're all good. In fact, here's 6,000 shekels of silver and, and talents and all this amazing stuff. Just, you know, you can keep it all and we'll have good, a good relationship if you can heal my servant from leprosy, like one of the most deadly diseases in the ancient world, which had no cure. In fact, I think the last leprosy clinic closed in Australia in like 1975 or something like this. It's an ancient disease that had a grasp on people all the way up until the modern era. Like this is a very serious disease. And, and, and of and, course, what we know is in those days in the Old Testament times, anyone that had leprosy, people actually just stayed completely away from them, like completely yeah. away. And so here now he's being sent to the king, yeah, you know, <laughs> to be there, yeah. And the king is just like, this is a double-edged sword. Like, what am mm-hmm. I supposed to do with this? Mm-hmm. Okay, he's going to give me all this money to fix his servant, but if I say no, he'll probably just attack me again. Like, what's the deal here? But it continues on. It says, and it happened. Uh, oh, from here it says, So it was when Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes, that he sent to the king, saying, Why have you torn your clothes? Please let, please let him come to me, and he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel. Then Naaman went with his horses and chariots, and he stood at the door of Elisha's house. And Elisha sent a messenger to him, saying, Go and wash in the Jordan seven times, and your flesh shall be restored to you, and you shall be cleaned. So, you know, I, I think it's interesting here, like maybe Naaman is expecting some miraculous type of, you know, some high level of 
doctory or medicine or whatever it may be. And Elisha's response, you know, from a very you know, prophet, godly, supernatural perspective is like, yeah, just go dip in the Jordan and you should be, you should be all right, mate. And Naaman's response to this is not good. He says, Naaman became furious and went away and said, indeed, I said to myself, he will surely come out to me and stand and call on my neck name of the and call in the name of the Lord his God and wave his hand over and heal the leprosy. So not only could he be expecting some medical healing, but furthermore, what about a direct miracle? Like what about calling down the power of God from heaven? Because this guy is a prophet. Uh, well, the interesting thing is too here is that he's looking at his faith as well, isn't he? Because he's saying yeah. like, go and wash in the Jordan. Like, I mean, who who would in their right mind say something like that? That's what he would be thinking, right? Yeah. And he'll be thinking, hold on, I'm a commander. Um, surely there's, you know, a simpler, better a way that it doesn't seem so, you know, degrading and or tedious, or, yeah, or, or tedious and all of those sort of things. But he was looking at his faith. And on top of that, you know, there's that, I mean, baptism in itself signifies a cleansing of, you know, letting, you know, a washing away of the past mm. and you come up new. Mm. And so here the washing in the Jordan is actually really significant for that very reason. Mm. Because it's a washing away of the old and coming up in the new. Mm. And of course, it's, he says seven times, and there's a significance. We know that numbers mean in, in the Bible have a lot of significance, and the number of seven, of course, is a really significant number. Yeah. It's a number of completion and perfection. Mm. And so here, what he's actually being told to do is actually saying, hey, it, you could almost like paraphrase it like this. Hey, buddy, if you've got faith, then, then go down to the, the Jordan River because your past stuff will be washed away and you're going to come up new. Yeah. That's virtually almost like a paraphrase of that. that. That's right. And and I love his response here. I mean, I think Naaman's response is really hilarious that he's like, why can't I just go to the rivers in Damascus? Like, mm. do the Jordan River compared to those rivers is just like a creek. Like, yeah, it is a creek. I've been there. Yeah, it's just like, <laughs> oh, yeah, some some dirty creek. Like, I could imagine. I, I live next to Dora Creek. And it's, you know, Dora Creek is actually beautiful. You know, you go over the swing bridge there and, and, and hang out and whatnot. But it's like, oh, you know, just just in, instead of like the we, – we talked about before on the show the, the healing pool of Bethesda. Bethesda, where the, that angel stirs up the water or this or that or the other. It's like, nah, just jump in the creek. It's like, man, I might catch a disease. I might catch an infection from doing that. Like, of course, they didn't understand infection at this point. But it's like, why? Like, what on earth? Uh, but then it continues on in verse 13 where it says, And his servants came near and spoke to him and said, This is his servants coming to uh, coming to Naaman here. They said, My father, if the prophet had told you to do something great, would you have not done it? How much more then when he says to you, wash and be clean? So he went down and dipped seven times in the Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God, and his flesh was restored like the flesh of a child, and he was clean. So the servants here, they're trying to talk some sense into this guy. He's like, hey, stop appealing to your ego. Like, dude, like, just just go and do it. The Jordan's right here. Like, just, just, go, and, just go and dip. It continues on. It says, and he returned to the man of God he and all his aides, and he came and stood before him, and he said, Indeed, now I know that there is no God in all the earth except in Israel. 
Now, therefore, please take this gift from your servant. But he said, as the Lord gives before whom I stand. And by the way, that, the Lord lives, yeah. before I continue that, the gift was the 6,000 shekels of gold, the 10 talents. Like we're talking about an incredible, like dripping with wealth, like mm. an incredible amount of wealth mm. here. Uh, he said, as the Lord lives before whom I stand, I will receive nothing. And he urged him to take it. But he refused. So Naaman said, Then, if not, please let your servant be given two mule loads of earth, for your servant will no longer offer burnt offering or sacrifice to any other gods, but to the Lord. Mm, turning point right there. And then it says, But yet in this thing may the Lord pardon his servant when my master goes into the temple of Ramon to worship there, and he leans on his hand and bow down to the temple of Ramon and bow down in the temple there. May the Lord please pardon your servant in this thing. He said, Hey, the king that I serve, he's going to go and worship false gods. May your God please forgive me for this because I will never worship that God again. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. You're listening to The Breakfast Show with Danuta and Lawson. And it has come time for our very last quiz question for today. Take it away, please, Lawson. Okay, our very last quiz question for today. What clan or tribe was Gideon from, which he referred to as the weakest? Oh, and then we're giving you two options, guys. Was it Manasseh or was it Dan? Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Was Gideon from Manasseh or Dan? If you know the answer to that one, you can answer that question correctly and go into the draw to win one of, or not one of, but two amazing books, which we want to give to you absolutely for free. We've got Preaching from the Grave by Fiditis Nadeem Gabe, or we've got The Man Who the Anzacs Revered. If you love reading biographies and people's stories, and particularly people's stories, like doing just amazing, incredible, hectic gnarly things but also standing for their faith again that number is zero four nine one zero six four six six nine texas is that with the correct answer was gideon from manasseh or was he from dan Mm, text us in your answer on 0491064669. And we've been looking at the story of Naaman in Second Kings chapter 5, verse 1 to 19. Of course, unpacking the fact that mission to the powerful people is important. Naaman was a commander of the army for the king of Syria. He was great and then was honorable, says the Bible in verse 1. And also because of him, the Lord had given victory to Syria. So he was a, a prominent and significant um uh, person and the interesting thing is, I love in this story that here's this young girl who would we're not mm. given her name, we're not given her name, but she actually is a witness in the home. She's actually um, it says here that she's actually taken from the land of Israel captive. She's actually taken captive, and she waited on Naaman's wife. Mm. Okay, and so here she is. She's taken captive, but she's still thinking of the well-being of her master. Mm. Okay, mm. she's thinking of his well-being in every way, and so she's the one that actually says to him, "If only he could go and see the prophet Elisha." Yeah, 
Absolutely. I love that. So right there, she's got this heart of mission. She has been brought up, you know, in, 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 in Israel and believing in the true God. And she believes in the power of the true God. She mm. believes that there is power in God's, in God's healing power. And so, of course, Naaman then, uh, asks the king of Syria for a letter. He sends him to the king of Israel. The king of Israel then sends him to Elisha the prophet. Mm. And, um, Elisha says to him to go and wash seven times in the Jordan River, which initially he doesn't, but then he does, and his leprosy actually goes away. And I love this ending point. This is really crucial in our story that there's two things that really show the turning point of Naaman. And it's Mm. in those closing verses that you actually mention, and he says here – in verse 17, so Naaman said, then if, if not, if you're not going to receive these gifts that, you know, that we've, we've actually, um, sent, which is, of course, the 10 talents of silver, the 6,000 shekels of gold, and 10 changes of clothing. Instead, you know, and, and Elisha doesn't take it, you know, because, of course, he says, the glory's got to go to God, not to me. Mm-hmm. I love that. Mm-hmm. But in verse 17, Naaman actually said, then if not, please let your servant be given Two, this is an interesting request. Mm. Two mule loads of earth, mm-hmm. of earth. Okay. So land is significant to them. Okay. Mm. But here's the thing. Their pagan ways too is that the land is very significant. Mm. Okay. And so he wants to take some of this earth back from where he is back to his own area. Okay. And for the servant will no longer offer either burnt offering or sacrifice to other gods. But here's the key, but to the Lord. Mm. And so that's really important and significant because here we see the significant turning point that he has actually been truly converted. He's saying, I want to worship the true Lord. Yeah. In the ancient sense, like who you bow down to, who you worship, who you offer sacrifice to, like it was such a serious thing. Like for him to say, I will no longer offer to these gods and I will offer only to the Lord. Like this is tantamount to someone saying like, I am ready to give my the whole life to sacrifice to God, mm. essentially. Like my, my whole life to submit to God, I am ready to do that. And that's what Naaman says here, which is, which is just incredible. Like he is deeply convicted that the deeply worship yeah. of other gods is wrong. And I, and I love that. The reason he says he's not going to worship to other gods is not, he doesn't say, hey, I'm not going to worship to other gods because I think the Lord in heaven is better than those gods. Mm. No, he says, there is no other God on this Mm. earth. Not only was he willing to change his actions, but he was also willing to embrace present truth. Yes. This is so massive. He's like, no, no, no. Like the motivation for what I'm doing is because I recognize that there isn't other gods. Mm. Like there is only one God in heaven. And I think if we could, translate that into you know a 2023 kind of kind of sense you know and and i think there are lots of things that people do because they're they're positive right Mm. uh it's like okay you know there are people who give to charity because it's positive or people that help the poor because it's positive and whatnot and and it's like we know that those things are a part of religious practice like they're things that we are called to do as christians but he says no 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 like for us today, it's like the reason we want to participate and to do these things is because of the fact that we are saying like, oh, I'm participating in this action because I wholeheartedly believe mm. that there is a God in heaven and I want to surrender and submit to my life to him. Like you could, for example, not go to work on Saturday and take a rest. 
Or you could say, oh, I don't want to sleep around. Or I get, oh, I don't want to do this. And all of those things are positive decisions. But Naaman here, he's like, I'm not going to worship other gods because there is no other God. And that's it. There is no other God. He knew that. That was his true. He was truly converted, Mm. wasn't he? And so here's the thing, too, that we need to keep in mind. He he acknowledged the true God and that he would be worshiping him. Mm. But with that together as well, he was there were still some little pagan ways with that. That whole taking of the earth back to the land of Israel Mm. was still not not fully letting go some of the pagan ways, yet worshiping God. And that's just part of the step by step Mm. journey because he was a new convert. Mm. Here's the thing. He was a new convert, and it's a step-by-step journey. But he also made it very clear that he wanted to worship the true God because he actually said then verse in verse 18, he said, I will no longer bow down, you know, to to in the temple to 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 Rimmon, which mm. is, you know, the pagan uh, God there. And so, you know, may the Lord please pardon your servant in this thing. And so here, here we actually find that he did not wish to actually been deemed as bowing down in worship to Rimmon. Instead, he surrendered mm. his heart to Jehovah. Over, which is really mm. significant. And so here's the thing that the takeaway thing from it that yes, he was a new convert, but when people give their heart to the Lord, let's, as the, if, you know, if we're mature believers, let's not be hard on, 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 on others. It's about letting them journey and walking alongside mm. with them and letting the Holy Spirit convert them in, mm. the, in the areas where they need to, you know, keep on stripping away and being refined in different areas to become more and more like Jesus all the time. Mm. Cause it's a journey. And you, for you, it's been that journey. For me, it's been that journey. And this is the take-home message, is that we need to, uh, you know, regardless of anyone's background, that we are to reach out to them. Secondly, that as people, um, you know, become converted, the Holy Spirit converts them and they, they give their heart to Jesus, that, that it is a step-by-step journey of further areas that they are being refined in in their lives, of the mm. things that they need to drop away um, and to become more like Jesus and to be overcomers. And so we want to encourage you today, if you're listening today, give Jesus a go and mm. And, you know, Jesus will journey alongside of you. And, you know, by, by God's grace, you have somebody that is um, somebody that's been a believer for quite some time that will journey alongside of you um, on your journey in every kind of way. So um, keep on looking to Jesus and uh, keep on growing in him. Keep on going into God's word, mm-hmm. finding the things that that you want to take to Jesus. Pray to him. Listen to his voice in every way as well. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. If you are listening to The Breakfast Show here on Faith FM, and it's now time to, mate, just give you guys some answers. Here we go. So firstly, fill in the blank from Hebrews chapter 13. It was pray for us, for we are confident that we have a good conscience in all things desiring to live Honorably. So awesome stuff there, guys. Hey, next one here we've got. Who intervened to stop David from killing Nabal for his rudeness? It was Abigail. Mm. So Nabal's just been a wild guy. And <laughs> Abigail's, her, his, his wife is just like, stop it. Stop it. You're putting yourself in harm's way. Next one here. The phoenix is found in the Bible. True or false? Now, we had some deliberation. We had lots of discussion off air on this one, didn't we? It's different. So the question is, the phoenix is found in the Bible. So this is specifically a reference to the animal, the phoenix. Now, there is the town like that's refer- that can be translated phoenix or like finicky, but 
is the phoenix the animal found in the Bible? And the answer is yes and no. And that is that some English translations... Don't even put, have it there. But, well, some do and some don't. Mm. And then that's because the, like, the original translation of it, it's, it's, it's tough. You know, we have decided here at the breakfast show to say true and false, I think. I think we're just giving out points <laughs> that's for right. that one. We're just, for that one, we will. Because, yeah. you know, it, so, so the place that it was, is found is Job 29, 18, but not all versions of the Bible actually mention the word phoenix mm. there at all. So that's why we're saying yes and no, which is a very uncommon sort of thing that we would tend to do here on Faith FM, but we are in this case needing to do it for that very reason. Mm. So, yeah, the Bible's reference is only in the one page, and it actually is, in my own nest I shall grow old. This is Job. In my own nest I shall grow old. I shall multiply years like the phoenix. Mm. So that's where it's taken from. Mm, absolutely. But like we say in other versions, it's not even, the bird's not even mentioned there. So, mm. but a similar kind of, um, yeah. Uh, meaning to that whole Bible verse is there. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, we got another one here. How many days had Jesus fastened in the wilderness when Satan tempted him to turn stones into bread? He was in there for 40 days fasting and, you know, responding to the call of God. And it's awesome. Satan tempts him and says, hey, if you're the son of God, turn these stones to bread. And Jesus says, I am the son of God. And I will not do that because... You know, I worship God alone. And there's some other tests and whatnot, but Jesus holds fast, holds strong to following and worshiping God and living his life as, well, as, as the God who, as God who had be, as the son of God who had became a human, living perfectly and not falling away. Finally here, what clan or tribe was Gideon from? And it was that he was from Manasseh. So the answer was between Manasseh or Dan. He was, Gideon was originally from Manasseh. It's actually referred to as the weakest of, of the tribes there. But yeah, that is where Gideon is from. We've got some interesting text messages coming through about breathing. You know, people are, people are talking about breathing and, and whatnot. And actually, I got this text message from Wayne. There's a few text messages from Wayne, but this first one here I want to talk about. Sorry for the mixed words. I was talking to my watch, so he's sent a few text messages through. This is Lawson. I find when running, breath in through the nose and then out through the mouth under restriction, like it's like, uh, it's under restriction, like you're breathing through a straw. I have control of my heart rate better and it stays lower, which after hearing about breathing, this morning, um, it would be the same pressure breathing in and out. So maybe, uh, you know, I'm trying to decipher the grammar a little bit here, Wayne, but I think what, if I can just reflect on my experience of breathing, it's like that restriction of breathing when the breaths can be deeper, like in a little bit slower so that it's less shallow. I, I just know, you know, my running coaches and whatnot were like, yes, like this is, this is good. This is good for you. This is the way to go. But Wayne also wrote in, he's just, just a thought. Do you think God breathing in through the nostrils was giving the same function to the brain first and, you know, giving this, the breath of life? And when we give, and when we resuscitate, it gives to the heart first, thinking outside the box. So we know that both 
breath passages, both the passage from the nose and the passage from the heart, uh, brain lead, you know, down the, down the windpipe, which goes to the lungs and whatnot. But I, I think maybe there is something symbolic there of like he, he, God addresses the, the giving of the, the soul first, you could say, or, you know, when we become a living soul, we become mm. a fer- person. And then, you know, when we give resuscitation, we're giving that to restart the heart because we always already possess, a, 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 you know, a, we are a soul. Listening to The Breakfast Show with Danuta and Lawson, we've come to the end of our show. Once again, all too quickly, we want to leave you with a message of hope for the week as well. This one is from 2 Timothy 1.7 for the Spirit of God. The Spirit God gave us does not make us timid but gives us power, love and self-discipline. Remember to stay listening on the show for uh, Tassie Encounters and also the other shows that keep coming throughout the day on Faith FM. Where are we going for our free giveaway today, please? Yeah, listen. guys, you can text book to 0491-064-669 if you want to pick up today's gift, which is Naaman's Servant Girl. And this is a child's book, a children's book, and it's on the topic of compassion. And this is beautifully illustrated. It's for kids around three and up. So we're talking about really young kids. And they'll be able to be introduced to this story and be blessed by the content that's there. So if you're a child, well, you know, if you're that young and you can operate a phone to contact us for it, that will be incredibly impressive. Um, or, but, or you have children or you know children who would be benefited by this. Hey, 0491-064-669 textbook to that number and you will, the first texter through will get given this book absolutely for three. You don't, for, you don't need to answer any questions. You just need to. Give us a text, 0491-064-669. And Hannah sent us in her last text message, good morning, Danuta and Lawson, just wanted to say we're enjoying your Bible study discussion. Even my two-year-old recognised it, saying my Bible st- story, mummy. Um, th- thanks so much. We haven't got time to read the whole thing, but remember, talk faith, live faith, and act faith. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.